We're going to start five weeks of talking about abundance. And I thought that this year, the abundance program we might use should be something that's been tried and, and sort of tested for a while. And so one of my favorites in the field is Catherine Ponder. This, believe it or not, was one of her first books, almost more like a book lit. It's only got about 45 pages in it. She has been doing her seminars and her books on abundance for um, at least 25 years, probably closer to 30. Very successful, both in her work and personally. And what I want to say about this book is it's, it's kind of foolproof in a way. It covers uh, five very important uh, spiritual principles about abundance and financial freedom. And then it backs that up with five, um, if you will, practices you can do to, to bring it into your life. So it's a very complete system, um, and, and it's something we'll learn over the next, uh, the next few Sundays. Uh, and you know, sometimes when we do a, a book, I like to tell you sort of the promise that goes with it. So out of the preface, here is her promise. She says, I first taught this simple formula to a group of business people in 1958. Oh my gosh, this is, she has been doing this for a while. 1958 to help them go from a recession into an abundance. The results of that class were so successful. Hundreds of thousands of my readers have applied this age-old formula during the past 20 years, and their reports to me indicate that they have experienced countless benefits. My personal use of this formula has gradually helped me grow over a period of years from a one-room apartment in Alabama to a pleasant ranch in the famous Palm Springs desert area of Southern California. That sounds kind of fun. Let's plan on being there, okay? <laughs> All right. So that's how this month is going to kind of lay out between the, the sermons and the Unexpected Money Club and the Afterwards program. I'm hoping that everyone will take away some useful tools for ushering in a new time of outrageous abundance into your lives. That's my plan. Okay. I'm going to start off with a question today. Who here has a fixed income? Yeah. I would say most of us, either through our paycheck um, you know, we maybe get a paycheck twice a month. Maybe we get a social security check. Uh, even those of us that are on commissions, usually the, the fixed intervals of when we're paid are, are, are set forward. But really, are we under a fixed income? And if we are, who fixes it? <laughs> I want to suggest something maybe new but yet it's something that we teach here almost every Sunday. We teach almost every Sunday that God is all there is, that there is one infinite source from which everything comes. It, it is that which makes up the stars. It's that which makes up you and me. It is the light and the love and the joy of the universe. It is God in its my, a myriad of forms, everything from everything we can touch and taste to those uh, perhaps sometimes even more important things like the love that's in our heart and the, the care and joy that we share with friends. All of this is God. Truly, no matter how you look at it, if that's your definition of God, God is infinite. And that means me. That means each one of us. We are part of God because God is everything. All right, so if these things are, are true, and if these things we pretty well agree on every Sunday, then why would one part of God deny another part of God, the infinity that is available all the time? Do you know what I mean? 
It's like sometimes we have it in our heads almost uh, one of those love-hate relationships or one of those antagonistic relationships between us and our good. And, and when I say our good, I mean that which would give us joy, that which would give us pleasure. For some of us, it's financial security. For some of us, it's having a comfortable lifestyle. For some of us, it is the, the joy and sweetness of, of love and romance. And for some of us, it's all of those things. I, I will sign up for a, a, a heaping helping, as they say, to all of those things. Why would I hold that at arm's length? Why would I consider my good to be fixed? To me, the idea of a, of a fixed income, whether it's you know, a retirement check or whether it's a paycheck or whether it's a, a commission check, what that's doing to me when I think of that is it's saying, no, my good, it looks just like this. And when I say my good looks just like this, some well-defined little thing, if I define it as the, for instance, if I defined my good as the check that I got from the church here twice a month, and, and thank you, by the way, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> but if I define that as all my good, well then uh, I would go out and I would do my budget around that, and then the first time that the electric company decided that it was appropriate to do a 30% hike increase like they did last year, I'd be really stuck. I'd be saying, well, if this goes up 30%, then something over here, right? It's like, I guess they don't get to go to the movies anymore, you know? Or, or God forbid, I would say, well, I guess I'm going to have to make my Sunday checkout for a little less because the electricity went up. And, and we know that doesn't happen. That is the danger of defining our good in earthly avenues of supply, when we, when we say my good, my security, my uh, abundance is tied to that paycheck, what happens when the paycheck goes away? What happens when your expenses raise? You know, what happens when, uh, as they say, things happen and you suddenly have unanticipated medical bills or whatever it is? Then what settles in on you is that heart-crunching feeling of lack. Like, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to figure out how to bring more money into my life? Do I have to get a second job? Do I have to ask for a raise? Do I have to, you know, hit up one of my relatives or friends? You know, can I, um, can I make a deal with the electric company? Maybe I'll pay half now and half later, right? Do you know what I mean? And I bet we've all had those kind of thoughts. And those kind of thoughts come from the idea that our income is fixed, if we are infinite beings, and if God has infinite supply, I want to just throw out this idea that our good is infinite. And it really, perhaps, is only our own ideas of specifically where it should come from that is keeping us from enjoying more of life, that is keeping us, in fact, from experiencing a great quantity of that good. So who fixes your income? Is it the government? Is it in your employer? Is it Social Security? Is it the industry you're in? Is it the, uh, the, the economics right now that's fixing it downward because everybody's saying we're likely to go into some kind of a recession or something? Is it, is it your retirement? What is fixing your income in your own mind? Why is it that you are looking from your good in just a narrow source? when God's avenues for prosperity and abundance are limitless. Well, I want to use an example. 
those of you who are around this spring, we were uh, doing some intention setting way back in February. We were using an Ernest Holmes book, and I got up very boldly one day and said, well, one of my intentions this year was to not be out in the yard knee-deep in mud. We had moved into a, a house relatively soon before that, right? And it was one of those developer brand-new houses, house I loved, but the developer, of course, in order to kind of cut corners of it and save money, it was mud. I mean, literally, they had plowed the lot, every last tree and shrub, and just said, okay, now it's fresh. You can make what you want. Well, that was nice and all, but as soon as our three dogs started tracking the mud in, it was like, ah! <laughs> and so last February, I was painting you a picture of how beautiful it was going to be in terms of setting intentions. Trouble with the plan, though, right? Larry's on a fixed income. The first thing we did was uh, we had all these great ideas. I uh, called a friend of mine that does landscape architecture, and he came out and drew up a, a lovely plan for the yard and the seed catalogs and the plant catalogs that come out every spring. We started picking out all the things we wanted. And then one day I called uh, to get some bids on having the French doors and the deck put on so that we could enjoy this, because that was part of the plan too. And... The bid was $18,000. And I thought, oh my God, well, no wonder people get three bids, because, like, you know, that's crazy. That was the low bid. <laughs> and so a lot of people might have been daunted by this, right? It's like, we don't have $18,000. We're both on a fixed income. But you know what? I knew that wasn't true. And, and neither really did Daniel. And we kept dreaming big. We kept walking our, our path towards this goal. We started actually, you know, we each had magic markers. And so we're circling the plants we want in the seed catalogs. We're actually going to par lumber and picking out the kind of lumber we would want the deck made out of. We went to the Pella window place to match the French doors to the other doors we have. It's like basically in our heads... It, it was kind of done in a way. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever had a, a vision of something sweet and lovely in your own lives to where you could, you might not be able to see it on the outside, but boy, you close your eyes and it's beautiful. <laughs> well, well, that's what it was for us. And you know what? Because we were willing to look beyond just our paychecks, things started happening. I remember the day that Daniel came home from the dance studio and he said, you know, the weirdest thing happened today. This woman that I hardly know came up to me and said, could you give me a 5% discount if I paid you up front for an entire year's worth of dance lessons? <laughs> she wrote out a check for $2,000. A few days after that, the New Thought Center for Spiritual Living called and said, would you be willing to do the master practitioner studies out, out here in Lake Oswego for, for our practitioners? And I'm like, really? Oh, well, yeah, Reverend David's too busy, and, and, and you know the people out here know and like you, and there was like another $1,000. It's, it's like weddings started lining up. I mean, last year, I had, uh, and, and I, I mean, I want to thank you all for getting married just so, I could put, just so I could put my yard in, but I mean, totally unexpected. Last year, I like did two weddings all year, and, and you know, in one month, I had like three weddings. Do you know what I mean? 
And so as soon as our vision of clarity around what we met, around what we wanted, as soon as that intersected with our willingness to be open to money showing up from unexpected sources, there was no stopping it. And those of you, a few weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago, some of you attended the Divine Dining event at our house, and some of you were just blown away. I mean, it is gorgeous. The deck is done, the French doors are in, and it went from mud to a luscious garden in under a year. This is the power of having intentions and being open to recognizing that your source is not fixed. Your source is never fixed unless you fix it. And I'm, of course, suggesting if you're going to fix it, let's fix it big. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Let's dream the dreams. Let's, let's know in our hearts and in our minds, literally, that what would give us love, what would give us security, what would give us happiness, what would give us joy, whether it be um, French doors or whether it be a new car, whether it be a more loving relationship with, uh, with a family member, whether it be the joy that you deserve and that you've been wanting, whatever it is, it's there for you because God is infinite. And there's no, re well, here's another way of looking at it. If this is me, and this is my good, and all of this is God, why would this hand keep anything from this hand? You know what I mean? It's like, no, the good <laughs> and the people who want the good can be just like this all the time if our minds and our hearts are open to receive if we don't think of ourselves as being limited, if we don't think of ourselves as only being able to make do with what we historically has seen. Because there's a big danger there. Uh, I mean, most of us, right? We do a household budget, and what do we base it on, right? You look at the checks that have come in, and then you figure out, all right, this much goes to rent, and this much goes to food, and this much goes to all the, you know, the electric and the garbage and like you name it. And then this, you know, this little bit that's left over, we get to go out to have movies and go to a concert and things like that. Well, this is okay when you're writing checks, but if this is how you limit your dreams, we're all in trouble. We're all in big, 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 big trouble. The dreams get to be like this, and then the checks will fill that up. <laughs> when, we do a, when we do a budget, it's only to help us with our financial accounting. It isn't to put a governor on what we want. It isn't to somehow limit our, our joyous expression in the world. It's like dream of that beautiful garden. Dream of yourself driving in that brand new car. Begin writing down the ways in which that, that new friend in your life is going to be extra special. Do you know what I mean? It's like have the dream of what you want in its grandest entirety, and then God will figure out how to get it to you. Then suddenly additional checks will come. Then suddenly people will approach you about, hey, would you be willing to do this? Or, or uh, you know, uh, that's when you win the lottery because God has to have some way of getting to you what you can really hold in your heart. And I tell you, God will find a way, even if it requires that lottery winnings. Do you know what I mean? If you hold it in your heart and you know that it's yours to have, it will happen. All right, so that is the idea of unlimited 
source, if you will. God is unlimited, and God can provide you in an unlimited way. And here's how Catherine Ponder talks about that. She says, Your supply certainly can come to you through expected channels and in unexpected ways, and it will. But your supply should also come to you through unexpected channels and in unexpected ways. From all points of the universe, your good is constantly crowding upon you. Doesn't that sound nice? My good is constantly crowding upon you. So the other thing she talks about in the first chapter in this book, then, is how to activate this in a little more meaningful and proactive way. And the first uh, spiritual practice that she talks about is tithing. And uh, she even uses some quotes from the Bible in here to talk about this sort of historical idea of tithing or giving a tenth of one's earnings to one's spiritual source. And you know what? It absolutely works. Um, this is part of the program that she's had thousands of people work on. It absolutely works. And I also want to take a little bit of a different approach to this than maybe what you've thought of, of tithing before. I know in the old days, almost literally, the priest might come to your home and just say, all right, so what do you earn? And we get 10%. And, you know, do you want to bring it on Sunday or, or have it come right out of your checking account? Well, we're, we're not quite that heavy-handed here. No, no worries. And in fact, the way I think of tithing is simply a systematic way for you to acknowledge how you're spiritually fed. And I want to stress a couple parts of it. One is that it's systematic. You don't want the money and your good to come to you in spits, uh, starts and fits. Is that how that goes? <laughs> fits and starts. All right, thank you for that, right? I mean, you don't want to get like three paychecks in a row and then go for four months, right? No, you want things to be steady. And the idea of giving to your spiritual source in a very steady and regular manner means that the universe will then provide to you in a very stable manner. And the second part of it is simply that it's meaningful to you, that you can really give it in a meaningful way from your heart. So it doesn't feel like a bill, it doesn't feel like an obligation, but rather it is a graciously and lovingly given gift. If you put those two things together, you will make a huge difference in your own life. Certainly it would be supporting your spiritual community, and, and of course that's a great thing, but more importantly this month, I want all of you to be successful, because what I know is when you're successful, of course, you give to your church. I'm not worried about that at all. So once we get you all successful, I know that we as a group then are tremendously successful. And this is one of the ways you can jumpstart that. So if you've never tithed before, if you've never done a pledge card before, I encourage you to do it. It's part of Catherine's Ponder's program that has worked for thousands of people. And I want to also do something um, uh, that I have done in previous years, and I want to even make it a little grander and a little bigger, and that is my famous money-back guarantee. So in prior years, I have said, all right, so maybe this idea of tithing or regularly giving is a little bit scary. Start out with $10 a week, and if after six months you don't feel like you are being more abundantly supplied, if you don't feel that your finances are in better order, just contact me and we'll, we'll give you that six months worth of, of $10 a week back to you. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm not satisfied with that. I want to make it just a, a complete money-back guarantee. 
So if you sign a pledge card of any amount, if you really start tithing, just let me know that this is a, an issue for you and you're kind of, you know, you're kind of making that leap of faith. And whatever it is, if you are not feeling more abundant, more financially secure at the end of six months, we will give you whatever you have tithed to the church back at the end of those six months. This will change your life. And I, I am absolutely willing to, and uh, some of the core council members here are kind of, it's okay, isn't it, gang? Because <laughs> what, what I know is that tithing actually and completely and universally will work. When it's freely given, when it's given from that place of the heart to your spiritual source, whatever the amount is, if you do it regularly, it will activate abundance in your own lives. So give it a chance. You've got a money-back guarantee. You need, to be, you, need, you need to do it weekly, though, really. I, I mean, a part of it really is that, that commitment. So, so if you're willing to, to give it a go, uh, we're willing here to give you a guarantee for it. So I want to close today um, with an affirmation with a prayer. And uh, we're going to learn about affirmations more formally in a couple weeks uh, but what I do know about affirmations is they build up over time in that kind of sneaky and luscious way that sometimes when you repeat things, they, they have a way of cumulatively bringing more good into your life. And so let's start with this one. I'm going to do it as call and response. So I'll read a line of this affirmation and then you repeat it back to me, all right? Okay, let's get started. Good and more good is mine. Good. And ever-increasing good is mine. And ever-increasing good is mine. There's no limit to the good that's mine. There's no limit to the good that's mine. Everywhere I go, I see this good. Everywhere I go, I see this good. I feel it and I experience it. I feel it and I experience it. It crowds itself against me. It crowds itself against me. It flows through me. It flows through me. It expresses itself as me. And it multiplies itself around me. And it multiplies itself around me. Good and more good is mine. Good and more good is mine. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one infinite source of all things. I call it God. You could call it the universe. You could call that vast infinity of sweetness. Call it what you will. It is infinite. It is all the love, all the joy, all the peace, all the abundance, all the, the comfort, all the luxury. It is God. And what I know about this infinity of good is that it's present in my own life. When I open those French doors in the morning and look out on the garden, it is God in God's infinity that I see. When I look at the faces in this room, it is God's infinity that I see whether I'm looking at the ocean or the night sky, whether I'm looking at my bank account or the sweetness of friendship, it is God's infinite nature at play. And so for each person in this room, I know there's a willingness to experience more. There's a willingness to unfix or refix those incomes. There is the willingness to understand the limitless nature of God is for each person here to experience. There's no separation from the good. It is simply part of the lives of each person in this room. 
And so there's an openness and a willingness to see more opportunities, to, to be aware of uh, more ways of receiving good beyond just a paycheck, beyond just a social security check. I know there's a willingness to see life as just blown wide open with possibilities. I also know for some that there is that, um, that willingness to try out something new, to try out this idea of tithing or giving regularly to one's spiritual source. And I know that it brings the gift of financial freedom and abundance. And so I am grateful for this. I'm grateful for the presence of each person in this room, grateful for love and for life. I simply let it be, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thanks so much.